India lies in the Asian continent. It is divided into 28 states with 6 union territories. India, a country of beauty with diversity. The current population of India is 1.25 billion and may increase every year. People follow different cultures and traditions. They grow rice, wheat, corn, chilies. People eat different food according to their own locations and speak different languages and wear different clothes. Though developed after its independence, India has more number of villages. People live in slum areas. Nearly 75% of people live in rural areas. There are people who live in huts. Many people suffer for food and shelter. Most of the people are under poverty. They work as daily laborers. They carry drinking water from long distances. Most of them in villages are uneducated. People suffer with illness. They wait for help. The main religions of India are Hinduism, Muslims, Christianity. People worship idols and lack the knowledge of salvation. They need to know the true God and Savior Jesus Christ. Many villages have not received the gospel even today. Somebody needs to take the gospel to them and help them. The Baptist Mission Center was established in such rural area to take the gospel to the people and to help them. Joshua and Grace Madasu began the soul winning ministry at Tiruvuru and surrounding 70 villages in the state of Andhra Pradesh. There were hundreds and thousands of souls saved and baptized and local churches have been planted in 475 villages since August 1981 to March 2012. The Lord directed and enabled Dr. Joshua and Grace Madasu to go to villages to win souls and to plant churches. They both faced lot of harassment, suffering, opposition and financial problems while continuing their ministry. In spite of such problems, God has been so good and has been blessing their humble ministry in Indian villages. Churches have been established and congregations grow. People need a place of worship in the villages. By God's grace, we have provided a church building in every possible village. We are able to construct 65 church buildings. Because of the need of preachers to minister in the established churches and soul winners, Joshua Madasu started to train young and dedicated Christian believers among the converts from different villages. There are 365 trained preachers associated and under the Baptist Mission Center. The trained preachers 
visit every village and evangelize. They visit every house. They share the gospel. They pray for the sick people. And they visit the people working in the fields and pray for them. They are successfully planting churches in their villages. They preach the gospel to their local congregations. They are doing wonderful ministry of church planting and soul winning. The Bible College was established in the year 1998 and there are about 300 preachers trained until March 2012. Most of them are ministering in the churches as pastors and some of them became evangelists and winning souls and planting churches in new areas. All the students from our college are ministering in their local villages. Mrs. Grace Madasu had taken the responsibility of reaching village women since men were not allowed to speak to the women. She has been used by the Lord among the women in several villages every year and she is able to win hundreds of women's souls with the help of other Bible women whom Mrs. Grace Madasu trained for the soul-winning ministry among women. We are able to bring some of the orphans to our orphan children home and give them a better life. In the last few years, by the grace of the Lord, we are able to adopt more than 200 children. We are providing them shelter, food, clothing, education and medical care and training them in the true Christian discipline with the resources available. Most of the children do not have a parent or guardian to take care of them. At present, the children are safe, enjoying the facilities at our children's home and growing in Christian discipline. They are fed, clothed and educated in the word of God and prayer every day. We also conduct vacation Bible school, Sunday school classes and other Christian children activities. Many children accepted the Lord as their Savior in all these years. Children learn the Word of God. Hundreds of children are saved through the children ministry. By God's grace, we have established a primary school to give free education till fifth grade. More than 500 children are promoted to high school. The Baptist Mission Center works among the young men and women. We conduct youth retreats every month. We conduct Bible games to encourage them.
Many young people accepted the Lord as their savior. Most of the villages are devoid of a safe drinking water facility, so people go a great distance to get even a pot of drinking water. They are suffering from several diseases because of the lack of safe drinking water. Children especially get ill because of drinking dirty water which is also used for washing buffaloes and dirty clothes we have been praying that the lord will burden someone to provide at least one drinking water well in every village where we have churches established Many people come for drinking water and we share the gospel to them. They are drawn to the local churches. India is not yet free from the clutches of poverty. One can find many beggars at public places like railway stations. Young children are found quarreling over the leftovers at garbages. We go to the suffering people. We know their needs. We provide them food and clothes. The Baptist Mission Center provides medical help to the people apart from preaching the gospel. This kind of care attracts several people to hear the gospel. Thank you. Please pray for us. India is a country located far away from your country. We have to travel at least 28 to, two, uh, to 30 hours to travel from India to your place. Not by ship, by plane. You have seen that video and you know that we have different cultures and uh, different languages. India is a rich country. We have richest people, even more than anywhere in the world. Millions and billions, I mean, um, money, rupees we call, having the, with them. They are not given to anybody. India is a country where everything under the control of Hindu religious people. The government is run by the Hindu people. All the, all the businesses, radio stations, TV stations, everything run by Hindu people, Hindu religious people. Even the land mostly owned by the Hindu religious people. The Hindu religious people in India, over 80% of 
2 billion. Maybe 1.25 million. We're all under pressure and ruling and authority and persecution and suffering and everything because of the Hindu religious people. 16%, the second largest group in India, are the Muslims. Only 3%, including Roman Catholic, liberal Christians, that means no Christians. Roman Catholics, I call in India, uh, Christian Hindus, because they worship idols. Actual true believers of Christ must be at, le at least 1.5. That's all. Not more than that. So we have laid the burden in our heart to reach those people, the rest of the population in India. That those four foreign missionaries had been closed in 1965. So, Taking the gospel to the uttermost part of India has been laid upon the preachers of the gospel in India. Local people. Those who do not have money to run the ministry. Because most of the people or Christians in India, mostly they work as laborers in the fields Agricultural fields owned by landlords, Hindu religious people. Morning through evening they work just for two dollars. They go to seven o'clock in the morning, go to work, and come by six o'clock in the evening. They just got one, maybe between one and two dollars a day. So that is what we are facing, financial problems. Because all money in the hands of Hindu religious people, they won't give to us because they are against Christianity. They are against the preaching of gospel. They don't want any other god or other religion to grow in India. Even the government wants to suppress Christianity indirectly by providing all facilities to the Hindu people, even though they are poor. If anybody become Christian, they close every door, providing no scholarship to their children's education. No jobs even. My children never get any job. That's why I'm asking pastor this morning to provide a job for my sons and daughters here so that they can live and send money for us. So that is what is going on. Persecution. Everywhere. Anything happened to Christians, you never see in TV, you never see newspaper. All banned to publish anything happened to Christianity. Christians, believers. So we can know only by telephone from different preachers. Every time, every day, you have seen a lot of persecution. People have been beaten. The believers, even in the church. The church is being burned, destroyed. Pastors have been killed. Everywhere. 
and myself too, my wife too, my sons too. Lot of persecution have been undergone, even at the age of 21. I dedicated my life to the Lord at the age of 19, went to the Bible College established by Dr. William Carey in the city of Calcutta, eastern part of India. Then I went to the city called Hyderabad, where we have 7 million people live. Thousands of people living in the slum areas, because we have so many factories there. The Lord gave me a burden in my heart after my college education in the seminary to go to that city and start my ministry for the first time in 1970. I did not know anyone there. No one was there to receive me or to feed me and to provide me place to sleep. I'm a bachelor. I did not know why God wanted me to go there. And I took some bundles of gospel literature with me in a bus, traveling by bus, traveling by train. We had to travel like these people all the time, tight. To reach at least 50 miles, at least we have to travel in a bus standing, packed for six hours. That's why we need a car. Praying for a, a call to go to places. We're wasting our time traveling by buses and trains. If the Lord provides. I went there. Even from the bus station, I began giving gospel tracts. Some saw me out, teed the gospel tracts, and kicked me in the first time in the bus station. I was thrown like away from them. That was the beginning of my ministry there. Several times I have been beaten. About to be killed even by those people. One time I was giving the gospel tract at the asbestos factory. People going out from their work. One fellow came, not one fellow but others also. But the one man came out and began kicking me, and tearing my shirt, my Bible, my gospel text, he burned gospel tracts also. I was unconscious, because I saw the blood coming from my nose, my, my ears, and my mouth. Even some wounds upon me. And got my hand also broken that time. I did not know who took me to the hospital. When I got my consciousness, I was in the hospital. I thank the Lord for somebody. He sent somebody to save my life because he called me to take the gospel to the people. Therefore, he saved my life. And again, I started same ministry. Now I started going to the house, knocking the door and throwing the gospel track. I was thrown out from the door. Pushing me out. They don't like to see. But one Sunday morning, I was visiting the houses and throwing the gospel tract. And one house, seven people were singing praises to the Lord. And I came to know that they were all saved by reading my gospel tracts. 
And they were so glad to see them. And I told them about why I am here. They were glad to receive me. And they told me like this. They have been praying to the Lord for a pastor to come and lead them. So when they see me, they were so happy to receive me. And I become the pastor of the small congregation that day. So we continue serving. And meanwhile, the Lord has given me a wonderful wife. I got married in 1971 after one year service. So we started the ministry. So we got the people coming in. Still I am continuing the same ministry out of all the persecution. One day when I was preaching in a school auditorium because we got the congregation grown, maybe 50 to 60. In three years, maybe two years, one strong man having a beard, a big guy, came into the congregation and said in the corner of the building, after I gave the altar call, nobody was able to come to the friend, but that fellow was just walking towards me with the tears I saw in his eyes coming down. He came to me and caught hold of my two hands and asked me, did you recognize me? I said, no. And he told me that he was the guy, a Muslim guy, the leader of the union of the factory, asbestos factory, want to kill me that day. But since that day, he told me that he was having some kind of uh, pain in his heart that he did the wrong thing. Maybe God laid that pain in his heart. So since that day, he wanted to see me somewhere and want to say sorry for what he has done towards me. Somebody told him that I was there, so he came to say sorry to me. That's all. But while I was preaching the gospel, you know the power of the gospel, because the power of God, of Jesus Christ in it, the gospel preaching touched his heart. He got saved. They accepted Jesus Christ as personal Savior. And I gave him the first baptism there. And now he's preaching the gospel to the Muslim community, one of the preachers. We ministered there for 10 years, 1972-1980. And with that, God blessed us with three children. Two daughters, one son. Two children going, were going to English medium school. The church, we got nice church building. We got about 278, maybe 300 members in the church. The church began giving me my first salary in 1980, January. After 10 years of ministry. But God laid a body in my heart to leave the city. To leave the church. And go to the villages because 75% of the 1.25 billion people live in over 800,000 villages. The uttermost part 
very remote areas. Even today in jungle areas, people do not know how to wear clothes. 68% of the gospel preaching has been among the 25% of the people in India. Only 32% of the preachers going to the villages to preach the gospel because everybody wants to be in the city. Therefore, God laid a burden in my heart to leave the city, leave the church, go to the villages, start our own ministry in 1980, October. Me and my wife, three children. We did not have any place to stay. We lived in a small thatched roof hut, no electricity, just living. No money to buy food. Again, we suffered a lot, my wife and myself and three children. But I walked and walked and walked and walked religious. Day and night. Taking the gospel, preaching. Tortured. Beaten. They want to even not allow me to go into the villages, the landlords. How many times I've been beaten, I don't know how many times I was at the death point. One time I was walking with my two trained young men to go to a village to preach the gospel. At the, at the time, 5.30 in the afternoon. I did not know that was controlled by the communist militants who say there is no God. They don't like to hear anything about God. But two militants came to us with olive green dress like the soldiers and they put their guns especially to my neck here. They don't like to like to like us to go with the Bible in my in our hands. No preaching, nothing else. And these two men took me and two guys with me to their leader. We walked with them three miles in the jungle. And he was sitting in the big stone and he got five more guards having guns with him. And he was a very strange man, very angry. We thought any moment they kill me, my two men. Any moment, a fear in my heart going on, seeing them. But the leader asked me, throw your Bible. I don't like to see this book. Throw it out, he said. Otherwise, I'll shoot you. Then I told him, before I throw this Bible out, let me tell you something what was written in the Bible. Just a minute, give me one minute. I'll read the love of Christ, which made him to shed his blood on the cross, which he expressed the love of God through the cross by dying. I read a verse that from the Gospel of Luke and they just explain. He's not able to listen. Then he asked me a question. Why did you 
No, why did, why did you talk about Jesus? You talk about communism. Talk about communistic policies. No God. That question really made me to speak to him about Christ. Again, I said, gospel has the power. Christ is the power of God. First Corinthians chapter 123 says, Christ is the wisdom and the power of God. When I spoke to him, all the seven to eight people there, they put their guns down and sat on the floor, asked me to say more about Jesus. It was nine o'clock in the night. They got the torchlights. And all the wild animals I'm seeing, roaring. But I told them the gospel of Jesus Christ. Again, the gospel has the power of God. Romans 1.16 touches their hearts. And they led me to go to the villages. They are my guardians because my guardians, my gods. They led us to go to the village. And people are sitting there. And we got all the people, all village, about 120, 50 people. And having logs, five around us because of the fear of wild animals. I'm still hearing the roaring of tigers and all these animals. But I continued preaching the gospel. They got saved and 39 others got saved that night. In the midnight I gave 46 baptisms in a small river in the jungle. What a wonderful man. And as the village I went, three landlords don't like me to go to their village with the Bible. I have to cross small creek there. You know, three times I tried. I don't know why God has given me a burden to go there. But I tried and tried. One day I did not see anyone standing. They were standing before with three big sticks warning me, if I go there, they want to kill me. Pray God, if really you want me to go there, God, provide me the, the way to go and preach the gospel. So on third day, fourth day, there was none standing. So I crossed the river with two of the preachers, went to the village, began singing, because most of the village people do not educate it, so there is no need of giving them gospel tracts. So only we can tell them by song, singing. So I began singing right now, but not the same song. Beulah and Grace song. That song is the meaning of the love of God. He loved us so much. That's the meaning of the song. So we began singing. All the people, first time they did not know what's going on in the streets. Everybody coming out, looking at. And a tree under tree, at noon time, there were number of people standing and listening. I began presenting the gospel to them, talking about Jesus Christ. One of my preachers said, Pastor, behind you see three young, three, those three leaders standing behind us, having big sticks in their hand. But I said, God, if it is thy will, let me preach the gospel before they kill me. My friends, I spoke there about Christ. But not less than one hour. They were just standing. 
You know, at the close of my preaching and praying, I saw them standing in front of me without any sticks in their hands. They told me, this kind of love of God you want to tell us? We never had any God, goddesses in our religion, those who loves us. It is the first time that we got a loving God. We want Him. Tell me more. Tell us more about your God who is loving. Again, I started speaking to them. They got saved. And one of the leaders opened his house to worship as a home church. And the main leader is preaching the gospel to their people around their villages. We got several like that. I can tell you hundreds of stories. But I got only less time now. If you, if you have me to speak for a week missions conference, I'll send thousands and hundreds of stories like that. But now, out of all these persecutions, our God is God of power. None can make him to leave us. He says, I am always with you. Two promises God made, which, which made me to work among these people in spite of sufferings, in spite of persecution, to endure. Number one, when you read the Gospel of Matthew chapter 5, when Christ is training his disciples, you know, Christ has trained his disciples by teaching how they should be like if they want to be disciples of him. Matthew Gospel 5, 6, 7, the teaching ministry of Jesus, training his men for his work after he went to the heaven. So while he was talking with them, Gospel of Matthew chapter 5, verse 11, he said, Blessed are ye when men shall revel you and persecute you and shall uh, say all manner of evil against you. He mentioned for the first time that his men of the preachers should be going to be persecuted. That was the beginning of his teaching. I study, when I, when I read it, oh, Christ speaking to me, there will be persecution while go and preach the gospel. And the second one is John chapter 15, verse 20. The last part. John 20, uh, 15, 20, last part. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. The second one, touch my heart. So Christ never said there will be no persecution. Christ never said there will be all joy, all glory, all happiness in your ministry. Never said like that. He knew that. Because people persecuted him, his people, his servants are also going to be persecuted when they go and preach the gospel. 
when the last teaching of Christ to his disciples, before he go to heaven, leaving them, he taught them at the supper table, John 13, 14, 15, and 16, four chapters. What will be happen? Things how going to be happen? How they should behave even after him. The long teaching at the supper table. And 16th chapter, the last verse, 33th verse. And he said, you will be in persecution. But lo, I have overcome the world. What a wonderful joy it is. That touched my heart. You will have the tribulation while you are going to preach. But remember that your master, your Lord, your Savior, your God have overcome all those things. And you will be overcome because I am always with you. That's real a, a teaching to me. So I am now teaching to our boys, the preachers in our Bible college, same teaching. We are preparing them to face the persecution. We are preparing them to face the tribulation. We are preparing for them to really to endure any suffering while preaching the gospel. Because it is all going to be endured in our, in our place. Those young people now who train in our Bible college have been persecuting, suffering. Even they work as laborers in the field because they don't have money to feed their family. Always we have fear what will happen next time. Our preachers also in the same situation now. We don't know what will happen. My wife taking care of the woman ministry. Because I am not able to speak to them because I am not belongs to any family there. And she has been abused several times. But God is using every one of us, our preachers, our family members, in his ministry in spite of all these things, especially financial problems. We came all the way from India to your place just to seek some help. Enable us to work in spite of the persecution. Everything costs money. We don't have money. God bless your country. Your people. Our churches. Share something. To continue our work in spite of these things. We may not, you may not come and work there. But we are there. Local pastors and preachers. We just want to have some help. Enable us to work for the Lord in our country. Your support Represent you. We are just channelizing. But actually when you support, you are the one really taking the gospel to the people. Your money represents you. Because it included your energy, your time, your person there. That's why we are all here, my my family, seeking some churches which can raise some support. Especially to help our preachers. $50 a month, just to give them a family feeding so that they may be able to work for the Lord full time. We need $100 for a Bible college student because they cannot pay. All new converts from remote areas, 
We want to train them and send them back. So we, we really need now $33,000 a month to run the Bible college. We have 35 students. We don't have money. So far, Bible college not started. Because no money. So we, there are 20 students to be graduated next March. Our college course three years, Bachelor of Theology. So we are making the young people to go into the villages, preach the gospel of souls. So far we have 238,000 plus souls saved. And 478 churches have been established in different parts of India, South India. In the villages. We want you to join in our efforts. We need two kinds of ministry from your church. The ministry of prayer for us, for all the ministries here in India. The ministry of substance. You know when you read Luke Gospel chapter 8, 1, 2, 3 verses, when Christ and his disciples were preaching and going into the villages, there were the women ministered unto them, unto Christ, with their substance. Your substance is also called the Bible, your ministry. That's a wonderful verse there. I want you to pray and minister through your substance for Indian people. We want to win all the villages most of the people in the villages. My two sons now taking care after me. The Lord calls me to go. My daughter is taking care of the children ministry. Very, she is a master's in computers, but she did not work. She just want to serve the Lord with the children, leading many children to the Lord. So almost all my family involved in this work. My sons and daughters, me and my wife, and enabling other preachers, training them to do this. We have so many needs, but I, I am just want you to, anyway, help us. We got Bible college to run. We want preachers be supported some, at least those who need of them. And we want a church building in every village where we are churches, which cost about $20,000 can accommodate 200 people. And we want to provide a well, drinking pure water well, which costs about $2,000. That will help people to come in, uh, to hear the gospel because they need the water in every village. Even though they are anti-Christians, but when we provide them this kind of help, they want to come to draw the water. When they come to draw the water, our preacher will provide, give them gospel. And we have... A medical clinic for 10 years. Now we're closed. We have t- given treatment 39,000 plus. We got about six to 7,000 souls got saved in different villages through the medical clinic. And you know why? Uh, what, what, what is going on now? Because of closing of the medical clinic, the Hindu people laugh at us. They are thinking that our God is not true God because we are just closing all ministries if your God is 
through God, He can provide you so many things. So something like that. We don't want to bring that kind of dishonor to our God. We want to give all glory, bring all glory to our God because He's true God. So we want to revive all these ministries in order to save people. Please pray. God bless you. Thank you very much, Pastor Lee. Thank you all. God bless you.